Jesus Christ, welcome back to Previously Gifted. Just for Eric, I just tried um, doing the intro dance only with my eyes. I think it was a train wreck. I felt it was a train wreck. It was probably a train wreck. This is too loud in my ear. <laughs> okay, welcome back. So, nice. We're off to a great start. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a bit rusty? Can you tell I'm a bit tan from my holiday? Let's talk about it. This week's episode is going to be all about the cruise that we went on and we came back from, which means we survived it. Um, do I have irrational fears of boats, planes, trains? Maybe. Uh, but I overcame them and I'm going to tell you all the freaking stories, all the things we saw, um, all the fun. So... <laughs> Before we get started, I want to say that Previously Gifted is now over one year old. How fantastic. We have made it. Uh, as I said, I haven't been consistent every single week, but in 2019, we're aiming to be better, okay? Um, I'm still so happy that I even managed to make this many episodes and that you guys listen. It makes me so damn happy to read your comments or your messages when you say, you know, that you listen when you're on your way to work or doing whatever, or you just like to listen to my voice, I'm shocked. <laughs> so um, this is a sly reminder to leave me a comment if you're listening on YouTube. I just remembered we have so many new reviews. <gasps> I have to do that too. Wow. Okay. Thank you guys. Um, okay. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to, we have new patrons. Of course I lost my page. Um... Our first new patron is Matt Rios, who actually became a patron at the beginning of December, and I don't know if I missed it or didn't notice when I was recording the last two episodes, but Matt, thank you for joining the patron fam. I hope you enjoy the bonus content, and once again, in 2019, once my life is stable, I will be really, really working on bonus episodes for the Patreon. Uh, we also have a new patron named Maria Suni. Soon. Sone. It's soon, and there's an E at the end. Maria, if that's you, hi. Every other Maria listening, not you. Don't you dare listen to the, this hello. <laughs> I am rusty. Okay. We also have sponsors. If you guys want to go to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash previously gifted. And it's no secret, the sponsors are my favorites. No offense, but they deserve it. We have Hannah Baker, Lauren Thomas, Eric Courtright, Liz Walsh, and... Love you. My voice is shaky. Every time I get back into the podcast, I'm like, okay, get get your shit together. Get your shit together, Tiffany. You're about to record your freaking stupid voice for a whole hour. You better think of good things to say. And then I start doubting myself, and I just shouldn't voice it, you know? Um, but since I did just remind myself that we do indeed have a lot of new reviews, and I told you guys I would read them if you leave them, so uh, if you guys want to be you know, shout it out in a future episode, leave me a nice review. Five stars. <laughs> iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, no, but really, it helps the podcast look more credible. And of course, it helps my ego. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so let me read these. We actually have a lot. Oh, I'm so excited. This whole podcast could just be reviews. I may not read the whole things because that's just like scratching my own back, you know. Or something else more egotistical than that. <laughs> um, I can't even remember how far back this goes. Give me a moment. Um, 
Yes, Robin, we shouted you out. The other Ella, I'm pretty sure we already did that. Yes. Yes, the series of random numbers, Illy, Illy, you. Okay, here's a new one. Yes, girl, 10 out of 10 from Glon Coco. Shouts out, Glon Coco. One of my favorite new podcasts. Found your YouTube channel through your internet analysis series. Shouts out, new listeners. Thank you for being into the internet analysis and then actually wanting to hear more about me. That's so kind. Um, And I love hearing your travel stories, especially as someone that recently studied abroad. You go, Glon Coco. Tell me about your study abroad stories. I love to hear them. Why is this? It took me a whole year to go through my last notepad journal thing where I write all my to-do lists and my thoughts and things. And um, on the very first page of last year's notebook was the day that McKenna and I met um, Jane Goodall, the famous researcher and animal welfare woman, the wonderful goddess. Um, And I wrote on that page, we just met Jane Goodall. And so now that that notebook has come to an end, and I'll probably throw it away, um, I have a new notebook. And it's, it's kind of ugly. I didn't mean to buy such an ugly thing. I usually just like a plain notebook. But I went to the um, dollar store. The dollar stores here are called something ridiculous. Oh, it's called Poundland. Poundland? Like, am I a pervert for thinking that's a bad name? Um, Anyway, this is my slightly ugly new notebook, and she's slippery, okay? So she's going to have to shut up now. Shouts out. (laughs) Then we got a review. Best podcast out there, five stars from Kayla Faith. I don't avidly listen to podcasts and don't write reviews, but as a big lover and longtime subscriber of Tiffany's YouTube channel, I just have to say that this is the holy grail of podcasts. What a sweet angel. I would love to read all of these reviews in their entirety, but honestly, it's just, uh, these are things I should read to myself. If you want to read them, go read them. They're very fucking nice. Thank you, Kayla Faith. Then we have four stars, four stars. Uh, whatever I can do to make you say five stars, I will. But anyway, yes, from sexy, sexy, 69, sexy. Thank you. So I've been watching Tiff on YouTube for a few years, and now I've been listening to the pod, and I really enjoy listening to it here rather than on YouTube because I can multitask or lock my phone. Anyway, I love hearing about your travel updates and stuff like that. Thank you, sexy, sexy, 69 sexy. (laughs) Thank you for that username also. Then we have Chance Webster, favorite podcast five stars. Tiffany, I sincerely appreciate the honesty and depth you place into your podcast. The stories you share are enticing I'm not going to read all of it. Thank you so much, Chance. Chance Webster. Then we have five stars. Fave podcast, Game Too Much. I like to listen when I'm doing a solo long run to keep me a comfortable pace. I love the fact that there are people listening to this podcast while working out. I do like listening to podcasts while I'm working out if I'm doing something like weight machines or something. But um, shouts out. Enjoy your workout. I hope your run is greatly paced and nice. And I hope that you get runners high. Thanks. Then we have Michaela Campina, my favorite podcast. Honestly, I'm not a huge podcast listener. Tiffany's podcast is probably the only podcast I listen to on a regular basis. And then there's some really nice, great stuff on here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michaela. That is so sweet. (laughs) This is too much. I gotta go fast. Literally, you guys left me so many. And when I noticed, I was like, oh, shit, this is gonna be a really long time on the podcast, but I'm grateful. 
Um, then we have Lane Johnson, maybe Laney Johnson, previously gifted five stars. Tiffany is very authentic. Thank you, bitch. <laughs> it's cool to hear from someone about my age, talking about subjects that matter to me, but also sharing her experiences in an interesting way. Bless you guys. And then we have Bosch. 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 Don't know how to pronounce anything. My current go-to five stars. Big fan of this pod. I've been following Tiffany since the Tiffany the Prez days. That's how you know you're a true fan. Shouts out to all of you who stuck it out through all of my horrible years. Um, I gotta say, it's been interesting to hear her thoughts as we go through some of the same things in life. She has a relatable perspective on current events, movies, and just everyday stuff. Thank you guys so much. I'm really happy to hear that so many of you um, don't really listen to many podcasts, but that you take the time to listen to mine. Um, I really appreciate podcasting as a medium, and I was not really into podcasting or listening to podcasts until um, a couple of my favorite comedians you know, started podcasts. And now it's like my favorite thing. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry for uh, sucking my own dick there for way too long. <laughs> but I just want to give you guys shout outs because I appreciate it. Like I appreciate you taking the time to listen and then taking the time to send a comment or write a review. Um, it makes it so worth it. Thank you. Um, all right, back to the cruise. All right. Holy shit. I have a note on my phone just whipped my headphone. What? Um, I have a note <laughs> and I, I made a whole list of things that we did each day and points that I wanted to make. And where is it? I lost it. Got it. Okay. First of all, um, the flight was 10 hours, bitch, 10 hours. The longest flight I've ever done is probably like six to seven hours because now I regularly fly from LA to New York or New York to England, which is about the same amount of time. Even that is pretty unbearable for me. Like I'm like, all right, I'll watch one movie and then I'm fucking bored. I'll listen to some podcasts. I'm fucking bored. So <laughs> when, when Nathan's family was like, we're going on a cruise, Tiff, you're coming with us. It's going to be great. I was like, how long is the flight though? Cause they know about my, my fear of flying. We've made fun of me about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but they're like, it's going to be fine. You know, you can sleep, you can watch the movies. But I was like 10 goddamn hours though. 10 hours is such a goddamn long time. And I'm sorry for cursing so much, but 10, 10 hours. Are you kidding me? Um, I know some people have like flown to like Australia or like Asia and they go on much longer flights than that, but I can't do it. So the 10 hour flight, I was scared. We flew out from Birmingham. Um, so we took a train over there. We spent the night at a, a hotel near the airport and then we were flying out early in the morning. So yeah, we got on the plane. I must say a very, very nice plane. It was very comfortable, which is important, obviously, on such a long flight. Um, and I looked through the movies and I was like, you know what? Let's just chill. Let's forget that time exists. Because honestly, does time even exist? Whoa. Um, <laughs> I watched a movie called Please Stand By, which is starring Dakota Fanning. I haven't seen many Dakota Fanning movies lately. I was looking at her and I was like, am I sure this isn't Elle Fanning? Because like, I haven't seen Dakota since uh, Uptown Girls, um, which by the way, great movie. <laughs> but um, Please Stand By got, caught my attention because Dakota plays a girl on the autism spectrum. And that is something very close to my heart. So it's also really cool to see a female 
character with autism because um, in real life, autism is more prevalent in boys and men, but obviously girls can be on the spectrum as well. And they're a lot more misunderstood, I think. So I was like, hell yeah, let's watch this movie. Um, It's basically about um, Dakota's living in her character. Her character is living in kind of an assisted home facility for, you know, people with various disabilities or whatever. They need some assistance and she is very into Star Trek and she writes her own script and then she wants to go and deliver her script to Hollywood because there's a Star Trek contest and all that. So yeah, the movie is just about her journey. She takes a little trip and it's about independence and, um... I don't know what genre it was technically classified as, like maybe comedy, but I was like, I didn't find this funny. Um, I think it was okay. I think I rated it like three stars on Letterboxd. Um, It wasn't like the most moving, but I still was really glad to see that representation and to see Dakota Fanning. So shouts out. Um, And then I watched Elf and um, excuse me, I forgot the last movie that I watched. I watched three movies. Ten hour flight, you guys. Yeah, I watched Elf, um, but I was kind of like playing games on my phone at the same time. I feel like Elf is the only Christmas movie that I like to watch, but not even every year because I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really into Christmas movies. By the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be either Christmas Eve or Christmas. So Merry freaking Christmas, you guys. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Anything you celebrate, happy. Happy that. Um, but yeah, I'm not super into holiday movies. I don't know. I don't go out of my way to watch them. So somehow I survived all 10 hours of the flight and it actually didn't seem that bad. There was some decent food. I had vegan meal options. I drank a lot of wine to try to make myself fall asleep. It was fine. (laughs) So, um, we landed in Jamaica. That was our port. And, um, we had to go through, you know, customs and all that, get to the Uh, actual ship. And holy shit, (laughs) cruise ships are big. Did you know that? Um, It's it's very impressive. I was just like, how is this possible? And I know it's like physics and like pretty simple kind of like, like rules of matter. I'm not explaining this because I'm not a scientist. (laughs) Hashtag not a scientist. But um, (laughs) I was just like, how is it possible that this thing is so damn heavy and all these people are on it? and all, like, restaurants and all this shit, and it's just riding through the ocean. All right, sure. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, we got in, and obviously we were tired from our long-ass trip, so it was, it was about evening by the time we got to the ship, so we had dinner and went to bed, chilling. Um, God, I drop everything so easily. My phone has gone flying because I don't think my hands... My hand-eye coordination is non-existent, but, like, I can just be holding my phone in my hand and it just jumps. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Love that. That's what just happened. Let's jump to day one of the cruise. Um, I have never experienced seasickness because I haven't really been on a lot of boats. I've been on, like, small boats, but not big boats. Definitely not a cruise ship. So, I woke up and at first I felt fine. Um, it is weird getting used to the rockiness. I mean, if you haven't been on a cruise, you'd understand. If you have, you get it. But, um, (laughs) I woke up and I opened our, like, cabin, uh, window curtains and I was looking out at the sea and I was like, god damn, this is so beautiful. The first day of the cruise was a day at sea. 
because we were going from Jamaica all the way to uh, Costa Rica, which is across the Caribbean, and it takes a long time to get there. So um, I was just chilling. I was like trying on my bathing suits, getting ready. And as I was getting ready, I was like, God, I'm hungry. I feel kind of sick. And then I started to feel really shitty, and I felt like just lightheaded and dizzy, and I was just like, holy shit, this is seasickness, isn't it? I was like, no. Um, I went up to where breakfast was, and I swear to God, I was walking around with my plate trying to, like, fill it up with hash browns and bullshit, and I was just, like, spinning. I was, like, straight up, I could literally drop this plate and fall to the ground. I do not understand how this is possible. Um, I'm literally, like, spinning right now just thinking about it. I don't want to think about it. Um, so anyway, yes, if you've experienced seasickness, I'm sure you can relate. It's horrible. But, um, I thought in that moment that it would last forever. <laughs> I was panicking because I was like, hold on a second. I'm about to be on this boat for a full week. And then, um, we're just going to keep moving all day long because we're, it's a day at sea. We're going to be like rocking a little bit all damn day and then all damn night. And then I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have to go on like a hike. Oh God. So I was panicking and my anxiety got to me a little bit. And, um, (laughs) I was just like, I can't do this. But that's the thing is like, it kind of makes you feel like you're drunk or, you know, that little bit of tipsiness, which some people like. I fucking hate it. When I drink, if I feel even the slightest bit dizzy or nauseous or whatever, I will just go to sleep. I will just escape it and, like, I'm out. So I was like, oh, God, I can't escape this. (laughs) I was like, this is a feeling that I just feel all the time. And even if I sleep or if I try to lay down, I might feel worse. Oh, my God. And I just, the panic set in so deeply. So um, I ended up just laying out on the deck on a pool chair and I was trying to just eat a little bit to make myself feel better and then I like I was pathetic I was like laying there like I can't move and Nathan's like are you okay and I'm like no (laughs) at the time it was fucking horrible thinking back I'm like oh maybe I was overreacting but no like it's fucking bad and I don't want to feel that feeling ever again um yeah, I was like, this is rough, and now I'm scared, and like, what if the boat crashes? (laughs) You know, just irrational thoughts. Um, But yeah, that was pretty much the whole first day, which was like a bad start to the cruise. I was like, holy shit, if it's going to be like this the whole week, I'm going to have a terrible time. And I was like, I don't want to have a terrible time. Nathan and his family brought me here, and they're really excited, and they want me to have a good time, because they've been on quite a few cruises, and they love it. Um... And they're excited to see, like, my reactions to things. And I was like, oh, God, I feel like shit. (laughs) I have no joy in my body, but I don't want to, like, disappoint them and make them think that I hate this, you know? So that was day one. Day two, Costa Rica. We were in Puerto Limon. I am not good with a Spanish accent. The um, port of Limon? Yes. <laughs> Costa Rica, dude. So weird that I like went there. That's the crazy thing about any kind of traveling for me is like so often I can't actually believe that I'm there. Like I'm like, hmm, distance is a real thing. Like we go around the literal sphere of the earth and suddenly I'm halfway across the globe, like in a new place. I don't know. <laughs> that did not make sense. So In Costa Rica, we had booked uh, an excursion and all of us went along and it was, you know, straight from the cruise ship 
to the rainforest. So we got on a bus and we had a guide. His name was Alan. And he was telling us, like, just things about Costa Rica and things about, you know, their food, their culture, whatever, as we drove all the way to the rainforest. And he was talking about how Costa Rica um, is a very sustainable place and their tourism industry kind of sustains a lot of their economy but they emphasize ecotourism. So they're very much about conserving their natural beauty and making sure that their tourism industry doesn't ruin it, which is great. I mean, obviously, that's how all tourism should be, but there is a lot of irresponsible tourism in the world, and lots of countries have been willing to sell their natural beauty to put up hotels and, you know, everything. But it's really nice to protect, obviously, the rainforest and the animals and that becomes what people want to see when they come to a place like Costa Rica. So it was great. I was like, hell yeah, this place rocks. I fucking love learning. Like, I felt like I was on a field trip. I was like, this is great. I don't have to go to a museum because we're learning stuff every minute. Um, (laughs) Also learned that Costa Rica does not have an army and they use all of that money to fund free education and healthcare. I was like, bitch, you are speaking my language. I am into this. Obviously, they're a very small country, but um, I just, I just, it inspires me to see, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know anything about Costa Rica. And I think a lot of people would assume like, oh, this is probably a more rural place or like not a very wealthy country. They probably don't have education or healthcare that's, you know, affordable. I mean, this is coming from the American perspective, where we're like, we're the greatest country on earth, but we put all of our money into our military and we don't care to make healthcare affordable or college. (laughs) We're the greatest, aren't we? Um, But anyway, I was very impressed and happy that um, that that's a priority for them, because I think that makes for a stronger, smarter, healthier country. Anyway, that's it. Um, But yeah, we got to the rainforest. We went to a place called, I'm going to pronounce it Viragua, but I think it's Viragua. (laughs) Viragua? Idiot. Viragua? Again, I never took a day of Spanish. Your girl took French, obviously, so I don't know anything. But um, it it threw me back to to Southern California. That's my biggest, um, you know place of being exposed to any sort of Spanish language or influence. Um, But anyway, we learned about frogs, toads, snakes, butterflies. We went through these really cute little um, rooms. (laughs) And uh, then we... What am I reading? I'm like trying to read my notes while speaking. That doesn't work. Uh, We went on this gondola like down into the rainforest. We saw some monkeys. We saw sloths. That was uh, Nathan's sister, Kara. That was like her number one thing was like, I want to see a sloth. We saw so many sloths that day. And Nathan kept pointing out that a sloth is what I am. And I was like, you know what? All right, I'm not going to fight it. It's kind of a basic thing to say. I'm a sloth. I love to sleep. (laughs) But like, it's kind of true. Um, So overall, the day in Costa Rica was really wonderful. It was like an eight hour tour. So the whole time that the ship was at the port for that day, we were out and about exploring, which is really great. Um, I have something written down. My hypocritical travel pet peeve is when people fucking go crazy to get a photo. So we're, we were on, um, most of the people on our cruise were a bit older, a lot of, um, retired couples, but, um, 
Yeah, so on our on our tour along with us, there were quite a number of older people. But it doesn't matter how old you are. When you go to see anything, like a touristy thing or whatever, it drives me fucking crazy when people only care about taking pictures every single second. And so, for example, there was a time where Alan had like a frog on his hand and people circled him and from every single angle and every single space, they're like pushing their iPhones. They do the old person iPhone thing where they're like... And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, those are not good pictures. You are not taking good pictures. Just step back and look at the frog in person for a second. Um, And yes, it's hypocritical because obviously I like to take pictures when I travel as well. But it's like, for me, I try to not try to constantly take pictures because I think it ruins my experience because that becomes my main focus is trying to get a good picture. Like, we were on this little boat going down a river um, looking at, you know, wildlife that were just around. And there were, like, like monkeys up in a tree. And, again, like, people, like, rush to the other side of the boat and they're trying to squeeze around people to get a picture of monkeys that are far away in a tree. It's like, even if you zoom, it's not going to be a good picture. How about we just sit? and look at the monkeys, you know? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's that it gives me some kind of an anxiety, um, kind of an anxious feeling when people get all riled up. I feel like as a group, I can feel the group anxiety. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just a very sensitive person. Yes, I am. But um, that may be the reason. But also, I don't love crowds. So the thought of being in the middle of a crowd trying to take a damn picture... (sighs) It really overwhelms me. <laughs> but anyway, we did take a few really great pictures. But um, yeah, that was just my my big pet peeve. Every time I'm traveling, I'm like, like, I, I get that it's like a meme to be like, oh, back in the day, like, look, no phones in sight. <laughs> they were just living in the moment. But like, for real, I wish it could be like, oh, look, there are monkeys. You have 10 seconds to take a picture. Ding, ding, ding. And now we're just going to look at them. And everyone's just going to chill. You know, I would love that. Um, But that's not how life is. Not everything's catered to what I want. But I I do hope that those other people on the uh, on the trip with us got some good pics of the damn sloths. Um, That was the thing we would like, we'd be driving by and they'd stop and be like, look, there's a sloth in that tree and we couldn't see shit. And the guide would like have his little laser pointer and be like, see, look, she's all curled up right there. The sloth was literally, like, in a ball to where we couldn't see her. But people were freaking the fuck out to take pictures all day. That happened, like, three times. Three different sloth sightings. And then right when we went to go on the boat, um, there was a sloth, like, in the tree right next to us. So, like, it was actually close and people could take really good pictures. So we did that. But, um, again, like, you see people trying to take a selfie with a sloth in the background. And on one hand, I get it. But on the other, I'm like... Hey, chill out, please. But then I'm like, you know what? If a sloth were, like, my absolute favorite animal and I have come all this way to Costa Rica to see a sloth, okay, I'll take a damn selfie with it. (laughs) I don't know. Again, I don't like to roast people for what they like, but, like, sometimes it's annoying. That's what travel is all about. That's what life is about. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we will get back into all the other things that I did on the cruise. Hope you guys are enjoying it. I have to, like, let my anger go down because I just brought it all back up thinking about crowds of people trying to take a damn picture of a sloth. Okay, bye. And we're back. All right, let's jump right in. Um, Day three, 
we went to Colón, Panama. So obviously the big um, sight to see in Panama was the Panama Canal, the historic, amazing, groundbreaking canal that allowed trade um, to pass directly between the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean, if I am correct. It's pretty crazy because I don't think I really learned much about the Panama Canal um, in school other than a passing like, oh, it was a very important thing. Boom. Um, but it was very cool to be able to go and see part of it. But like, really, if you think about it, like people back in the day <laughs> were taking their slow ships full of cargo and people all the way down, like, across South America to be able to get back up, like, near Africa or Europe. And it's, like, to be able to literally cut through there <laughs> saves so much time. And I'm just, like, I just wanted to know more of the history. Like, I wanted to know the before, you know? Um, so, anyway, I'll jump into that. But, um, so... Day three, we didn't book an excursion. We just thought, oh, we'll get a taxi. We'll take it to the nearest observatory place for the canal and we'll just go there. Um, we had a very sketchy and difficult time trying to find a taxi. Um, and this was not something I anticipated because this is my first time traveling in like Central or South America, um, like in a place that predominantly does speak Spanish and I don't know any Spanish, but um I don't know. I mean, depending on where you travel, you have a different experience. But um, I try to not be a super touristy tourist, but sometimes it's just so obvious. So we were coming off of the boat. And first of all, we were just like flooded with people trying to, you know, as it is, they're, they're either vendors or they're trying to get you in a taxi or they're trying to whatever. Um, as we're walking out of the port, it's just person after person following us going, we'll take you here, take this trip, taxi this much money, like whatever. And um, we we're just like, no, 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 thank you. Trying to find our way out to like a clear spot to just get like a calm taxi, try to get a fair price. That's another thing is like, when you're in a foreign place, you don't really know what a fair price is for a taxi or like anything. And so you don't want to get ripped off because obviously you're coming out of a cruise ship port. You're a tourist. <laughs> like you don't know the area. These taxi drivers can bet that you don't know what you're doing. And they can kind of name their own price because these taxis don't have meters in the way that, you know, American taxis do. So <laughs> it's kind of like you don't want to get taken advantage of. Um, but you don't exactly know what's fair. So we went out there and again, we were like, we were, we were trying to find a big enough taxi that could fit all of us. There were six of us. So we'd need like a big van or something. Um, but most of the taxis are for four or five people. So we would go up to one taxi and ask the price and then we'd get swarmed by other drivers and they'd be like, hey, come over here, trying to pull parts of our group in different directions. And we're like, wait, hold on. What's the price? And again, you're, you know, there's the language barrier there, which is our fault for speaking English and not knowing any Spanish, coming to a Spanish-speaking country. Um, but yeah, it's just very overwhelming. And it, it made me feel so, like, strange, you know, because for most of my travels, it's mostly been through Europe, which... Mostly, you know, you can always find somebody who speaks English and can understand you, but it's such a privilege to be an English speaker in that situation. You can travel all over and you can bet that most people won't be able to speak your language. But um, I felt so, like, in insecure that I didn't know Spanish. I wanted to be able to negotiate and ask questions, but, like, 
I didn't know enough Spanish. Like, I know probably like 10 words in Spanish, honestly. It's pitiful. Um, but we did finally get in a taxi and we were driven to the observatory. We got there, we paid for our tickets, we went and watched a little informative video, but the video like sucked. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes. And at first I was like, oh cool, we get to learn. Um, but it spent most of the time talking about the most recent like lock of the canal. And um, on one hand, it was interesting because it's modern and it's it was just put in a couple years ago. So it was a big deal to Panama and, you know, to the whole canal. Um, but I was like, I wanted to hear kind of the, again, the origin of the canal in general and the whole history of it and the impact way back 100 years ago. Um, so the video didn't really satisfy me. <laughs> but again, I'm like, I'm not running this observatory. Who am I to say what they should put in their tourism video? Um, but yeah, we went and it was cool. And it was uh, it was nice to be able to check off that we have seen such a significant place or, you know, piece of architecture, not architecture, infrastructure. Um, next on my list for day three is about bingo. <sighs> we were playing bingo a lot. There's bingo every night on the cruise ship. You pay $5 for your three tickets and then you do three rounds of bingo and um, every night the prizes increase and there's a jackpot which you win on the last day most likely um, but we just went because you know it was a nice thing to do at 6 p.m. so we would go to bingo and their bingo is a little different than the bingo that I'm used to I'm used to like b16 N42, and then you have to spell out bingo or make a line. I haven't played a lot of bingo in my life, to be honest. But this bingo is just numbers, and you have to fill out every single one. It's the full house, and then you call out bingo. But also, sometimes they call out house. And I was like, why would you call out house? But I guess full house? Whatever. Um, I got anxiety thinking about... <laughs> my whole podcast is like, the cruise made me anxious because... More like, I am anxious in a lot of situations. Um, I was anxious thinking about how I would say bingo. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when you're in class and you're scared to be called in, called on because you don't know how you'll sound out loud. It's like, bingo, 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 because you want to be loud enough to be heard. Otherwise, you will lose your chance. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't win that first day. So I was like, this is all for nothing. So the way that they call their bingo made me laugh at first, and then it made me annoyed, and then it made me laugh again. So let me try my best English accent. Here we go. <sighs> 23, two and three, a duck and a bee, quack, buzz, the number 23. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What are you saying? So like for each number or different things, they would like say a little joke and there were like different people doing bingo throughout the week. So we got to see a couple different personalities, but they kind of all did the same thing. Like the quack buzz, like what is that? Quack, quack buzz. How do they do that? I can't quack buzz that fast. They'd be like, 11, the next number is 11. One and one, those legs 11. I can't fucking whistle. Thank you, whistlers. <laughs> and this is a terrible British accent. I will never get better at my British accent. What else? Um, one in four is to knock at the door, the number 14. And I'm just like, what is this? But they go so fast that it's like heads down, you just fill in your numbers and you do your little boop, boop, boop. And then somebody calls out and everybody groans because they didn't win. Whatever. It's fun. Um, so we played bingo like every night. 
Um, <laughs> why did I? That was the third night. Yeah. Um, the thing that happened on the <laughs> the third night was this girl was doing the bingo calling and um, she made some jokes. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She fucking quacked really loud. So <laughs> again, we had we had been kind of used to the quack and buzz and all that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to like recall all of the little jokes that they made. So like, for example, 23 again, we got we have the number 23, two and three, duck and a bee, quack buzz. But she quacked so fucking loud, it made all of us jump. Jump. She was like right in the <laughs> in the microphone. Two and three, a duck and a bee, quack buzz. The number 23. Sorry for all of you headphone users out there, which is 99% of people listening to a podcast. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just wanted you to experience what we experienced. So this lady was wilding out and we're like, oh shit, she's bringing bingo to the next level. Um, and then at one point she was like, and we're moving on the 51th call. She's like, wait, I'm bad at grammar. The 51st call. And it just made me fucking laugh for like way too long. I was like, 51th? This is a grown-ass woman, and she just said 51th. Anyway, it blew my mind. Thank you, bingo lady. Day four, we were in Cartagena, Colombia. Um, yeah, Colombia was a cool thing. I was like, wow, we're going to Colombia. That's me traveling all the time. I'm like, wow, I'm in this place. Cool. I don't know. But, um... It was very hot, very hot in Colombia. And again, it was such a struggle for us to find a taxi. We had kind of dropped the ball and we didn't um, look into booking excursions early enough. So a lot of them, the cruise directed ones filled up before we could get to them. So in Colombia, we didn't have any um, excursions booked. So we're just like, you know, what? let's just, you know, go out into the city, explore, and then we'll come back and chill on the boat. So um we tried to get a taxi and again, we were so warmed. Oh my God. Um, first of all, the port at Cartagena was cool because there was like, there were like flamingos and monkeys and anteaters and like parrots. So you walked off the cruise ship and into this cool little like nature center. And then from there you could go grab a taxi or grab a bus or whatever. So we were trying to get a taxi for so long. Um, and again, there were six of us. So like one struggle of traveling with a group is that that's like that many different opinions. And I'm used to kind of traveling either alone or with one other person, which is rather easy. But in a big group, it's like everyone's going different directions. It's an effort to keep you all in the same group. And then this person thinks we should do this. This person thinks we should do this. And it's just like, ooh. So again, we were trying to get a taxi and we didn't know it was a fair price. Some people would be like, oh, we can take you for $25. And some people would be like, oh, we can take you for $40. And we'd be like, oh, what about $25? And they're like, no, but now we can take you for $35. And you have like five different drivers trying to pull you into their taxi. And you're like, mm, nope, nope, nope. We're just leaving. <laughs> and it was just like so overwhelming. Um, but honestly, that's the grind, dude. Like, if you're a taxi driver in a touristy place, like, you gotta get people in your car. So, you know, that's the hustle. <laughs> but it's overwhelming being the tourist who, again, doesn't know what the hell's going on and doesn't want to get pulled into a strange taxi. Dude, I swear. Um, on the way out, <laughs> it took us so long. Um, we wanted to get into a yellow taxi because 
even though their taxis aren't quite as regulated, I don't think, as American taxis, um, or the taxis that I'm familiar with, like, you know, that have the driver's picture and license number and all their information in the car and the, um, the meter to know how much it should cost. They don't really have that. So at least we're like, okay, let's get into a yellow taxi. It's an official taxi. That's safe. Um, so we went up to this transportation guy and we're like, hey, we need two taxis, please. So then he's like, okay, this guy's your driver. This guy's your driver. This guy leads us to just his car. And he's like, okay, get in. And we're like, what? First of all, the guy said, yeah, we can fit you all in one car. Yeah, six people. Here, go over here. And the guy leads us to his car that has five seats. And we're like, first of all, this doesn't fit all of us. Second, it's not a marked taxi, dude. What? I'm not getting in your car. The funny thing is we ended up getting in his car, <laughs> but um, we took two taxis and I was just like, this is sketchy. Like, I don't like getting in an unofficial car. Like, yet you really feel it when you're, again, in a country that doesn't speak your language primarily um, or you don't speak their language and then you're getting in a random person's car. I'm like, fuck no, I do not like this. Like you you have like limited service on your phone. It's ugh, so sketchy. I always like pull up my maps and my navigation and make sure we're heading in the right direction. Cause I'm like, I do not want to get kidnapped today in Colombia. Like, please no, not now, not ever. Thank you. Um, so in Cartagena, Cartagena, me and my my sad accent. Um, we went to the old town, which is just this like walled older section of the city. And we kind of didn't have much to do. We were just looking for an ATM so that we could get more cash. Um, and by the way, this is one of my other pet peeves. Um, <laughs> when traveling, I almost always have service because of my T-Mobile plan. So even abroad, I usually have, you know, service so that I can text or call, look things up, look at maps. So I always end up being the map person and I hate it because, um, first of all, anytime I use Google Maps or anything, the location jumps all around. So I'll be like, oh, to get here, we just go this way. And then we walk down that way. And then I'm like, oh, wait. My navigation just jumped and now we're actually going the wrong way. You know, that bullshit. So um, <laughs> there's like that responsibility. A whole group of people following you when you're not even sure if your directions are given to you correctly or, you know, we need a restaurant. Look up a restaurant. I'm like, I don't want to be the person who has the sole responsibility of finding where we're going or leading the way. I just don't want that responsibility. But it always ends up falling on me because of my phone. And I'm like, Wow. With great self-reception comes great responsibility. <laughs> really, it's fucking exhausting. Every time I'm like, I am never doing this again. I am never pulling out my phone. I'm not being the map person. But then the next time I do it again because I have to. <laughs> anyway, but again, it was 90 degrees that day. And we were all just, I was literally sweating through my shirt. And in all my pictures, it was just sweat. And um, it was a beautiful city, but like... We didn't have much to do. We were looking for more currency because um, they take Colombian pesos or US dollars and we were just running out of cash. And I was just like, I just want to sit in like a little restaurant, eat some food, drink a beer. But like we, we just got so snappy with each other and with the whole situation because it was so hot. Like when you're that hot, you can't do anything. You can't enjoy anything. And then on top of that, if you're in a touristy section of a city and you're being like mobbed by vendors or, you know, there were the, the ladies dressed up in the fruit, fruity outfits and they're like, oh, take a picture with me. 
you know, I'm just like, leave me alone. It's so hot. I don't know what's happening. <sighs> See, the, these are the ups and downs of travel. Everybody always glamorizes it. They're like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky to travel. Not me, but just anyone. Oh, it's so beautiful. You see these wonderful things. It's expensive. You get tired. You got to deal with the bullshit. Getting everywhere is difficult sometimes. And then just sometimes you're just grouchy and hot or cold or hungry. And, you know, that's that's life. And traveling is tiring, you know? Like, it's it's really tiring. To do something every day and go out and explore takes so much energy. So, anyway, I'm not complaining in any way. I'm very grateful that I went on this cruise and I'm grateful for all of my travels. But, you know, there are ups and downs. And I think it's good to <laughs> discuss those. We don't need to set unrealistic expectations for travel. It's not all perfect. It's not all flawless Instagram pictures and blue-ass water. Okay, rant over. Um, day five was in Santa Marta, Colombia. Um, so again, we didn't have an excursion, and that's kind of like a beachy town. And there are a lot of great beaches within, you know, a couple miles of that area. But we didn't have an excursion, so we were just like, ah, oh, let's just leave the port, look around, and then get back to the boat. So um, <laughs> the funny thing is, they had these shuttles for the cruise ship and we're like oh cool we get a ride that's great we got in the shuttle and it drove for like two minutes and then we got out and we were still like within the port like i was like what was the point of this ride um but we get out and then again we got mobbed by vendors and you know people along the beach it's obviously not like a local area or like not the best beach for hanging out it's just it's a port, so it's going to be mobbed with people who are trying to sell stuff. That's just how it works. Um, and um, uh, it's just overwhelming. I think, yeah, like, I don't like crowds. I don't like strangers. I don't like people getting in my bubble. So the combination of all that, I'm just like, oh, this is a lot for my senses. Um, but Santa Marta was beautiful, and I wish we could have explored more. But again, next time we go on a cruise or travel or whatever, we will look into excursions in advance. Um, but <laughs> I have one note on here. So we explored the beach a little bit, took some pics and then walked back, got back on the pointless shuttle. And, um, <laughs> my philosophy I have written down my bus or plane philosophy Sit the fuck down, honestly. Like, okay, every time a plane lands, everyone stands up and then they all sit and get impatient and they don't get out of their damn aisles and ugh, it just bothers me so much. Um, and then same thing with a bus. Like, as soon as the bus stops, everyone's standing and trying to get out at the same second. And I'm just like, everyone needs to chill. How about we sit? Like, you're at the back of the bus. You're not going to get out until everyone in front of you gets out. That's obvious why don't you just sit down? Sit down and calm down, you know? But again, that's just me. I get it. Some people just want to try to be out there first. If they can, you're not gonna because you're at the back of the bus, but it's fine. You could try, but you're not gonna. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry that this is like mostly travel pet peeves, but obviously um, the best and most wonderful parts of the cruise aren't... Um, probably aren't the most entertaining to be told about. Like, I'm like, wow, the water was beautiful and the food was really good and we got so many drinks and we had a great time. Everyone's like, yeah, tell us more. <laughs> anyway, on day five, we played bingo again. And guess what? I fucking won. 
I won in the second round, which was worth 25 pounds. Um, and as it was happening, I was like, oh shit, I'm getting closer. I have two numbers left. I have one number left. And then my last number was called. And I swear to God, the sound that I made was this. Ah! <laughs> and this was a big ass room. So like, you're supposed to be loud and really vocalize when you say bingo or house. And instead I just went, ah! <laughs> so much so that... Um, Nathan and his siblings had to help me and yell bingo with me because my stupid ass forgot how to speak and forgot how to play the game for a moment. Um, and you have to call bingo as that number's called because if it moves on to the next number, it's invalid. So anyway, um, they just made fun of me so much. <laughs> they fucking roasted me. They're like, what did you say? And I was like, I just went, ah. In my mind, my plan was to be like, it actually doesn't make sense now. But I was just going to be like, what? No, that still doesn't make sense. What was I thinking? Truly. Why didn't I just say bingo? Why? It's a word, at least. I don't know. And then I was like going over it in my head, regretting every moment. I was like, God damn it. I messed up my moment. I look like an idiot. Um, but I won 25 pounds. I finally freaking won. I'm the only one out of our group that won bingo. Okay? Is it completely random because we bought tickets and then handed them out to each other? Yeah. Does it take any skill to win bingo? No, but I won, so I get to feel good about that. All right, um, I'm gonna explain the last two days of the cruise in a moment. I'm gonna take a break because I think that my nose is running. See you in a second. And we're back. I'm getting tired and hungry, so we're gonna make these last little bits pretty quick. All right, day six was another day at sea, which again, I was scared about being seasick. I was like, oh no, let's not do this again. Um, but it ended up being okay. We had a rocky night before, um, and that was the thing. I went to bed really early every night of the cruise because, first of all, the time difference was weird between England and like Jamaica and the Caribbean was like a five hour time difference. So I kept being really tired early, but then also the nights were always rocky because the ship is moving, um, moving on to the next port. And um, yeah, I just always got scared that I would feel seasick. So I'd like go to bed early because I was like, okay, at the least I want to be in my room laying down and just be able to fall asleep if it gets bad. Um, so yeah, we had had a rocky night the night before. And um, it's such a weird feeling to be laying in your bed and have it like tilting around, you know, because um, I was like, this feels really rocky to me, but I don't think it's that bad. But it was like really windy, too. Like if you went out on the deck at night, it was just like the most insane wind. And I was just like, how is it possible that this boat works? You know, how can a boat like be in a storm or go through rocky waves or whatever? And how is it all chilling? You know, but then I would look at like like my wine glass and be like, this is like not even moving on the table. Like it must be fine. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we on the dance sea, we went on a behind the scenes tour. So that was like a whole tour of the ship behind the scenes naturally. So we had a little chat with the, um, captain of the ship and people got to ask questions. And then we got taken through all the little corridors and crew areas and, you know, all the cool backstage kind of stuff because I mean cruise ships are very impressive um just everything like how they keep everything running and stocked and clean and there's obviously so many people in the crew like you barely 
see them other than where they're working. So, like, you just know it's, like, Disneyland. Like, where are the underground tunnels? Um, So, it was cool to see that. But during the captain's little chat with us, um, we were asking about, you know, bad weather and stuff and what his experiences were. He said that the night before when we felt like it was rocky and people are always like, hey, that felt really rocky. How bad was that compared to like the worst you felt? He said last night the ship rotated about two degrees. So if you think about it, that's not a lot. He said the (laughs) he said that when he would start to get worried for like the safety and, you know, the ship would be when the ship is tilting 50 degrees. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Can you imagine being on a cruise ship that is tilting that far? And then he said that the worst he had ever experienced was like 40 something degrees. And at that point on the, um, the, I forgot what it's called, the deck where all the captains and officers are. (laughs) Um, he said at 40 degrees, it was tilting so much that he could reach out and touch the water from his, like, deck. And I was like, holy shit. And a big fuck no to that. I swear to God. If I'm freaking out in a little storm that's, like, tiny, I think I would straight up have to be drugged and put to sleep um, if I were in a storm that bad. Like, when I got home, I looked up a bunch of cruise videos of, like, you know, cruise ships in rocky storms and blah, blah, blah. And even in these horrible storms, which look terrifying, like, They either are fine or everybody gets rescued or whatever. Um, It's very rare for a cruise ship to sink. And even if it is sinking, it takes a long time. So usually there's enough time for people to be rescued. But um, yeah, the whole time I was like, oh my God, what if? What if we were in a storm like that? God, no. Knock on wood. That's not wood. This is wood. Touch wood. Um, I never, ever, ever want to experience that because I will be so scarred and I would never be able to be on a boat again. Um, But Nathan and his family actually said, like, that was, like, the rockiest cruise they had been on overall, like, the roughest. Um, And our last night was actually very calm. For once, like, we we would go to the theater to watch shows and stuff. And um, it was always, like, very rocky at night. And I would just, like, like, my stomach is just lurching. And the last night, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel any movement, even though we were moving. And they were like, this is how it usually is every night. And I was like, damn. (laughs) I was like, I would have been able to stay up a little bit later, you know, drink a little bit, hit the casino. But yeah, my sleep schedule never really adjusted. So I just kept going to bed early. So I was like, you know what? If we want to wake up early at like seven, have breakfast, coffee, and then get out and do something, like if I stay up too late, I'm not going to want to wake up in the morning. So (laughs) I guess it's for the best. And then speaking of not adjusting, my sleep schedule still hasn't adjusted. It's been quite a few days and um, I can't fall asleep at night and then I sleep in too late and I just need to snap myself out of this. But anyway, (laughs) that was that. And then on the very last day, we came back to Montego Bay, Jamaica, and um, we had a little bit of time. So we went and visited the Hilton, I think it's called the Rose Hill, but that's where Nathan's parents were married 27 years ago. So it was really cool for them to be able to go back to where they got married and for, you know, Nathan and his siblings to see that. But fucking Montego Bay is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Oh my God. As soon as we got to that hotel, it's very nice. It's a Hilton, obviously. Um, but it's like beautiful. Uh, we got there and we're like, 
I'm going to spend a week here. Like, let's come back to Jamaica. Because it was ugh, just breathtaking. Like, the weather was perfect that day. The ocean was, like, so bright and clear. Um, and, yeah, I was like, damn, this is a luxury hotel. Like, obviously, <laughs> the cruise we went on was very nice. Um, but I was like, suddenly something's tempting about not being on a boat. <laughs> like, just sitting and, like, being on the beach or being in a pool. Wow, tempting. The funny thing is I had never been on like a purely like relaxing vacation, really. I said that to Nathan and he's like, what about Miami? I was like, oh yeah, we went to Miami and just chilled and went to the beach. But um, I don't know, usually when I travel, I'm like going to see someone or family or whatever. Um, so I don't really just travel for pure relaxation often, but it was like, it was so beautiful. And I was like, you know what? I'm going back to Montego. I'm going back to Montego Bay when I can. By the way, I had Kokomo by the Beach Boys stuck in my head, as always. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you. <laughs> Why am I forgetting the words? Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Mont... Duh. I keep forgetting the words. I'm like, I know this song, I promise. Montego, baby, why don't we go? Jamaica off the Florida Keys. I did not need to grace your ears with my horrendous singing, uh, but I did it, and I'm sorry. Go listen to The Real Kokomo by the Beach Boys. It's a fucking bop. Um, yeah, and then on the way back, it, we obviously had our flight, but we had good news. Um, it took all day to be able to get to the airport and have our flight. Like, we explored a little bit of Montego Bay, and then we went to... Uh, the airport at like three and our flight wasn't in until six. So we were just kind of chilling and bored in the airport for a couple hours. And then we got on the flight and they were like, our fly time today is eight hours. And I was like, oh, wait, what? I was like, the flight is only eight hours and not 10 hours because of whatever aerodynamics. I don't know. Um, our flight was only eight hours. And it, it, at that time, it still seemed like a fucking long time. But to, to fly two hours less was so great. Um, so on the way back, I watched a horrible movie called Home Again with it, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. And um, basically, she's like a 40-year-old single, like, divorced mom. She has two kids. And she, like, goes out one night and meets these three young filmmakers. One of them is Nat Wolf, And, like, she hooks up with one of them, who apparently is, like, 27, but looks like he's, like, 22. And the whole movie is about how she lets them move into her house in Hollywood. And, like, <laughs> it's such a fucking terrible movie. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is trash. Like, this is, this is a bad, bad movie. I'm so excited to rate this two stars on Letterboxd. Um, but I watched the whole thing anyway, because when you're on a flight, you can't be picky. You just need time to pass. Um, but technically, it was an overnight flight because we were getting back to England at 7 in the morning. And so I was trying really hard to sleep. And usually I can at least sleep a little bit on flights. But for some reason that time, I could not sleep at all. And I felt like tortured because like I just could not fall asleep. And I was so bored and so tired, but I couldn't sleep. And, like, Nathan says that he never sleeps on flights, but he was sleeping for, like, a full four hours of that flight. And I was just like, ugh. It's so weird. Like, being on a plane is weird because you're just like, time just has to pass. I will just sit here and sit here, eat some snacks, drink some drinks, 
go to the bathroom many times and time will eventually pass, but it's excruciatingly slow sometimes and I was so happy to get back. But then we were in Birmingham again and then we had to take a three hour train and I was just so exhausted. We got back here finally and I just like fell on the bed and took such a long nap and I felt so nice and I still haven't adjusted my sleep schedule. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast and my cruise journey. Um, it was definitely a wonderful experience and I'm very grateful that I got to share my first cruise ever with Nathan's family. Um, I definitely would want to do a cruise again sometime, but it would depend on where and what the weather is and honestly how rough or calm the seas are because I don't want to be (laughs) seasick or dealing with rough weather again. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for another episode next week. Thanks. Bye.